Good evening and welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by the Freedom's Path Recovery Society. We are not affiliated with any 12-step fellowship, nor do we wish to propose only one solution. We understand how different solutions can greatly increase an individual's chance of survival. We hope to illuminate some of the recovery process by sharing as many human stories as we can. Why, you might ask, to show that we can and do build stable lives from a former state of chaos, desperation, and hopelessness. Our stories become our strength. Please remember that any and all opinions shared and heard are those of the individuals and not a reflection of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other entity. So regardless of how crappy or wonderful our opinions might be to you, they still remain opinions, nothing more. You might hear swearing adult themes and situations, as well as the tragedies humans face and walk through every day. It is not suitable for children unless they are accompanied by a parent or guardian or have the explicit permission of those individuals. All right, man. Well, welcome back from Mexico, eh? Thanks, dude. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt, eh? So um, you were down in Mexico. You were down there to help out with the recovery center down there. Yeah. So... Well, honestly, it was the whole plan was to go down and help out and, yeah. and give uh, some of the money that we were able to raise here. So just as just as people trying to raise money to help someone else, like in a different part of the world, that yeah. he's been building, working on that center for twelve years at least. Wow! Um, and th- that's from conception to present day, right? Yeah. Where, um, it's quite an incredible process, man, to be able to to stick with it like that. Yeah, yeah. And it just shows like his determination and purpose, right? Raph's determination yeah. to um, follow through till the end. And one of the most interesting things about it, and then I'll get into like the center itself and stuff, mm-hmm. but like one of the most interesting bits of conversation that him and I had were totally off a of mic, of course, because we were just two <laughs> dudes hanging out. Of right? course, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and without you there, Darcy, like I literally, I'm not going to lie to you, I was lost. I like... <laughs> I had the recorder machine. I knew exactly how to do it. So I had it turned on properly and stuff. Yeah. So I turned it on and I get going and I look at him and he starts laughing because I got nothing. <laughs> I'm like, shit, we're going to try it again. Well, it was it must have been the Mexican heat, right? Well, I think it was a combination of things. But the biggest thing was that you weren't there because there was, but there's a grounding thing, man, when yeah. you're there because I don't. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> and I know there's nothing to know. Like I get yeah, that yeah. part, but my some part of my brain says- you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, it's just outside the norm. It's right. So you yeah. don't know what you're doing. So this is going to really suck kind of thing. <laughs> I'm not sure if it sucks. I haven't listened to it. I'll let you okay. be the judge of it. Yeah. Um, but other Yeah, than- we'll try to throw that in at the end of this, just your conversation. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great, man. Like yeah. I, I think it's important to hear what he has to say from Absolutely. his own mouth for sure. Uh, but some of it I'm just drawing from the conversations that he and I had. Yeah. Right? So one of them was, well, he's basically um, like a brother from another mother. Like his, mm-hmm. his mission is my mission. Like that, yeah. that's probably what drew me to it. Well, I know it's what drew me to him uh, when I first met him was that there was a spark in him to give back just like I kind of felt in me. And yeah. I don't know if that's, I'm not saying that's a unique spark to just him and I. Like, yeah, yeah. Of course But not. it's something that connects you, right? It certainly is. Like it, um, it connected us right away and he's he's the opposite of me in some ways like in terms of talking he doesn't like to talk as much (laughs) and i can talk all day as you know um so that's somewhere we don't we're not similar yeah Uh, but we come from like not not similar background so much but similar um places where we got well 
right? Mm-hmm. So where we where we got a little better and got sober and got clean, we're in the very same places. Wow. So even though we're almost half a world apart. Yeah, yeah. Right? Not really that far apart, I guess, now. Yeah, one short every, little flight, Yeah, one right? short little five-hour trip. I don't even know if that's half a world. Probably not. <laughs> um, it's just we're, we're not there together, but at the same mm-hmm. time, this, I think – I think what's important about it is that it shows that the principles of recovery, no matter how, what program you follow, the principles are similar. Yeah. Is to give back. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And, and that's really what emanated from him to me. Well, in a 12-year dedication to building this so far. And, yeah. And continuing on. Like, he's not, like, he's ending it. It's no, He's continuing dude, on, right? So. Not only is he continuing on, but he's gotten... He's gotten more intelligent in his design. Yeah. Um, and that's through trial and error, right? So, wow. To, because through the years, he's had to. So, one of the things was I was walking around the center taking pictures, right? To show, yeah. like, different parts of it for. I'm just going to put a presentation together so that for the sure. people who did give money can see where some of that money is going to go. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, yeah. and so it's, it's just a matter of trying to determine. Uh, whether well, whether or not what we give them is going to like put them over the end mm-hmm. is probably not going to. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's going to contribute to finishing up, and it's going to contribute to that center becoming self sufficient. So, wow. Which was really important to me, and I wanted to point that out to people. Was he first of all never asked me for anything? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we have to be clear on that. He never yeah. said, "Dave, can you help me with money?" Yeah. Not once. Right? Yeah. This was something that you, last time you were down, you were like, I got to do something to help out. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't about that. Like he, he never asked me. And a matter of fact, he's probably a little bit like in a way, like, um, I'm not going to say embarrassed, but in a way he's probably shocked that mm. because I wasn't asked, I, I want to. Right. Well, why would some dude from Canada just show up with some precisely a little bit of money and willingness to help out or something, right? Yeah. Like, Precisely. Yeah, and that's I really mean, cool. Well, it's cool, but I don't really have a good answer for him, except for, because <laughs> I don't really know why, except for the fact that I just felt that instant connection to him, his family. Um, yeah. And because uh, I knew his, I've, I've known his partner longer than him. Mm-hmm. His partner and I used to work together here in Canada. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when I was working at a homeless shelter, she was with um, Calgary Housing Company here in town. Okay. And... We had the Westgate Hotel project before they tore that thing down for that high-rise condo. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had the hotel there. Yeah. So before they tore it down, they turned the hotel into a um, housing center for families with Mm -hmm. children that were homeless. So from that center, myself and several other outreach workers were working with families to get them into housing all across the city. So Karen was instrumental in helping house some of our families at that time. Wow. Um, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty intense and pretty impressive, right? Yeah, like yeah. The, that's just the kind of people that they are. Right? That's fantastic. Yeah, it really is, man. And yeah. like, there's more, definitely more to that in terms of the tattoo shops. So, and I hope I don't forget to talk about that. Yeah. Because it's so, it's all interconnected though, right? Yeah. So, like he, everything he does seems to be, it's just one all in the same. It's yes. just kind of like his life. Yeah. It's his yeah. life and he's just trying to live it the best way he can. Yeah. In order to help as many people as he can, right? And as many of his people as he can, but all people, right? Yeah, yeah. So like where one of the other ways we got along was he was talking about how sometimes some of, some people will mention like, why do you talk to that guy still? Because he's drunk or whatever again. Yeah, yeah. And he said, well, who else is going to talk to him? <clears throat> That's a great. Right? And, yeah. and the truth is like when he said that, I realized that I say that all the time. Yeah. I, not Not necessarily in the same context, but. 
in similar contexts where yeah. someone might say, well, that's a really hard to work with client, right? Or that's a hard yes. to work with demographic is most common. Hmm. And they say, well, who's going to do it? Like yeah. we have to. And I remember this now, you know, me and the church, I'm not going to give them a whole lot of credit for much, um, except for what I think is due. Right. And yeah, yeah. what I think is due is there was some really charitable humans in churches through the years. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. And, and I'm not sure what scripture it comes from, but I'll always remember this thing hanging at Central United where it said, if not now, when, if not you, who? Oh, right? wow. yeah, that's we'll really help. good. And so, and I, that, like, I get goosebumps thinking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, again, I don't, I don't know a lot of scripture. I don't study the Bible, man. That's not my bag. But I yeah. certainly know there is some seriously good shit happening in some places. Yeah. Right? And it's because of people like Raph, right? Like, people yeah. like Karen that do that kind of stuff, you know? Um, so, anyway, I was wandering around the center, and, and oddly enough, like, it, it's... You'll go to one corner where construction has paused yeah. because they've started to do it in another corner because they were able to get the material for that job, but not for the other one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, when you're doing it in piecemeal fashion, um, it's pretty impressive, like you said, 12 years later, and we're still moving forward, yeah. right? And we're moving forward now where Raf has designed, his idea is to absolutely make it more self-sufficient. Wow. So by, what do you mean by that? Like, you sell, like grow your own food, that kind of thing, or oh, um, like just solar powered or, or no, he's well, grow your own food. Absolutely. So I'm glad okay. you, I glad you mentioned that because I forgot to do it in the write up as well, which, <laughs> but the pictures show it. Yeah. So they planted, they have five of their own fruit plants growing Oh. Okay. and some of them are already maturing. They have, wow. um, obviously, um, what do you make guacamole out of? No, uh, avocado. Avocados. Yeah, they yeah. got avocados. Fresh avocados growing there, man. Nice. And they all planted them. The yeah. guys that stay there planted these trees. They got bananas growing. Wow. They've got another fruit that I can never remember, but it's delicious. <laughs> um, actually, the way Raf describes it is that fruit is probably the perfect food. Like oh, really? It has all the nutrients and stuff. I'd have to get the name. Heather might know it. Yeah, uh, yeah, But yeah. I can't remember it. No, no worries. Um, so, yeah, they're growing their own food part of their own food right yeah. um and on top of that what there's what they've designed what they're designing is uh or building right now i should say not designing anymore two apartments above the center so they built an, um, some extra apartments so that those oh, apartments okay. can pay for the center right oh i see because yeah, it's yeah. A part of the same building gotcha so they can rent out these apartments because once yeah. they get the area cleaned up and, and ready to go because mm -hmm. it's not done yet right so there's yeah. absolutely nothing can be done there right now right in terms of those apartments because they're just being yeah. built and but they're beautiful man oh so wow they're it's kind of like that construction has taken a little bit of priority because that yeah. might generate some income Right. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And by priority, I only mean from the bricks and mortar. I yes. don't, I don't mean from the men who are there because <clears throat> all of the men who are there, I have never visited the center. I have yet to visit the center when all of the men aren't working in oh, some really? capacity. Absolutely. On the building. Oh, okay. whether they're cooking, cleaning or yeah. absolute, uh, doing the construction. Like the bricks yeah, yeah. guys. Because yeah. there's a guy there that does like beautiful work with brick. Like some of the brick work he did is like amazing. Oh, nice. Right? Yeah. And so there's <clears throat> there's jobs for everybody. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that I've realized about that place is that is one of the things that makes it special. Mm -hmm. Right? Is that no matter who comes, everyone works. 
So there's even like wow. guys who have like maybe guys, if guys, guys come with disabilities or whatever, right? Well, they can help out in other ways. They don't have to lift stuff. If you can't, they don't make you do stuff you can't do. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about finding a niche for each person so that they can feel like they're contributing. Right. I would think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think that would drastically um, improve or increase your, your the road to recovery just because you, you now you have something to focus on, other, like, and you can work at that mm-hmm. and be in recovery. And I, I would think, and it, plus, I would, it would seem like it would just totally build a community out of that. Mm-hmm. Like, even guys that maybe have been there but left, I mean, yeah. they, they, they put sweat and, and effort and, you know, elbow grease into that yeah. place, right? So it's their place. Yeah, man. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And on yeah. top of that, like, community growth that you're talking about, there's also that, yeah. like, added element of self-esteem, right? For sure, That gets yeah. built by humans working and humans contributing to their own situation, right? Like, you and I both yeah. know that that will increase our worth, yeah. our self-worth. I mean. Well, because so many people write off people with addictions, right? Like, yeah. oh, so look at that loser over there, right? So. Yeah. I would think that's where you start building that self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I actually have a purpose and function and yeah. I'm appreciated and, you know. Totally. So that's man. really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. It is. It's really cool. Now, and of course, the, the language, the meetings that they have there are in Spanish. Yeah. And so my Spanish is <laughs> literally, por favor, gracias, de nada, um, como estas, <laughs> right? So that's about the extent of it. Yeah. So I understand very little of what's shared in those meetings, but I am so grateful that they invite me to them to sit through them so this last time i was there and i'm at the meeting the meeting starts and literally i don't know what's being said yeah but i know the story enough of each of us to know that the pain the joy like when when guys heads go down when the guys share when his head goes down like when they laugh like Mm -hmm. i know when they laugh chances are they're probably taking a dig at somebody (laughs) and probably in the room right yeah yeah and and that kind of stuff is universal right Mm-hmm. But the weirdest thing this time was I was glued to the speaker, dude, like glued to him, like just staring at them. Like, oh, I could, really? Almost like I was getting something from them, right? Which really it would be like debatable whether I could, mm-hmm. not knowing the language. Yeah, right? yeah. But it was like I'm hanging on every word, even wow. though I have no idea what the words are. And I even told Raph after, I said, dude, this is unbelievable, man. Like yeah. I am like caught by them. Like I'm just caught in their web. Whatever they're saying is I'm, I'm needing that to come to me. Right. Like, mm-hmm. which is just beyond me to understand that stuff. It's more creator stuff going on. For there, sure. Yeah. Right. Like, um, so yeah, I don't know where we were there with the center. Well, I just think it's really, it's really cool that, I mean, even, even going and not knowing the language, you're still getting something out of the meeting, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. That's and they really asked cool. me to share, which I didn't think they were going to. So I had nothing to say. And, and, and they have to, there's a, a really nice gentleman there that agreed to, to translate for me. Yeah. But it's, but of course he's like, you have to go slow, go slow. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try, but you know how I talk. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I just talk. Yeah. So I had to go slow. So as I'm going slow, I had nothing to say. I was like, <laughs> you know what, you guys, I'm so grateful that you invited me here to even be here, mm-hmm. let alone to share. So thank you for this. And I just really appreciate being sober and clean with you guys. And, and that was pretty much it. So when you, when you first arrived though, and there's these guys working and Mm -hmm. and they're there, um, did they, like, was it immediate? Like you just, you're part of the group now and 
Pretty on much. in. Like well, there's there's no like, oh, he's the outsider who can't speak mm, the language. Nope. Really? As soon as Raf comes Fantastic. in and introduces me as his I don't I can't remember the word he used. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't amigo, it was something I I believe probably is a little bit more um deeper. Mm. It added like deeper, brother or something. Yeah, like something that. like that. But maybe not yeah, maybe not brother. He didn't say hermano, yeah. right? Like yeah, and yeah. that's what brother is, right? Oh man. Uh, I don't know. I probably just totally jacked that up. <laughs> um but anyway, it was something that yeah. made me feel like, oh, well, that's really nice of him to do that. And they were all like, as soon as he came in and introduced me, well, some of the guys remembered yeah. me from last time. So, oh, okay. Yeah, because oh, there was a couple cool. of the guys doing the construction yeah. that come back and forth there to oh, do the, okay. the construction, but also to help the new guys. Wow. Right? Yeah. So they do the whole, like, they're, they have mentors, they have yeah. their sponsors, I guess. And, yeah. Wow. Well, speaking of sponsors and, and stuff like that, um, Raf's sponsor passed away this past year. Oh, and no. it was the same guy who he sobered up with, right? And who helped him start this thing. Oh, so wow. it was a devastating loss for him. Yeah, yeah. And um, but of course he's a very quiet man, Rob. So he yeah. he grieves, I'm sure, in his own ways, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, you could, I could tell that that was quite a loss for him. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you have and he didn't he didn't have a father, right? His father okay. was estranged from him. So yeah. Um, and by estranged, his father left. So. I, yeah, I think yeah. I'm okay to tell that part of the story, but um, he might even have talked about that in the podcast. But uh, he, so that sponsor was his surrogate father, right? Like after wow. after all the life that he lived. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I will, I won't, I'll try not to tell his story, but it's such a fascinating story. I'm tempted <laughs> because I know I didn't get it out of him when we were talking. Like <laughs> I really didn't. I don't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> um, I was just. I was overwhelmed to be honest, like yeah. being out there and seeing like, well, they've got running water now. Oh, okay. For example. So that's progress as well, right? Because the yeah, last time absolutely. we were there, we had to pour a bucket of water down the toilet after we were done, mm-hmm. right? But now they got flushing toilets, running water. Wow. Like, yeah. So when when was the last time you were there? How long ago? Uh, two years that? ago. So that's actually exactly pretty good progress two in two years. Ago. Yep. Exactly wow. two years ago. There's still, um, the roof looks finished now. There's, there's still, uh, there's a, the staircase is still being finished and that, that was like pretty difficult to navigate for a guy like me with a camera <laughs> walking up there and I'm like, I'm like four flo- floors up, eh? And, um, but of course it, it, it's just, you just see the fact that they had to go from one place to another, to another, yeah. right? And now yeah. of course, a lot of the construction's focused on those apartments that might generate some income. For sure. Yeah. Right. Um, or be used as second stage housing who knows what what will actually shake yeah. out when it's all said and done yeah yeah right or maybe generate enough revenue to finish it off and then at that point determine yeah. what to do but yeah totally yeah. but they've got uh they opened up the the main floor they they took out one of the walls that was really cutting off like the the flow mm-hmm. um, uh, but just to go back to the guys helping out there yeah so the first time i visited i met the guy um the guy's name is savala and I don't know if he was a member of the group, so I'm just yeah. simply saying he was painting the mural. Okay? Oh, okay. He's a painter. Yeah. And he's a wonderful painter. Just an amazingly gifted. He'll, he'll remind you of Salvador Dali. Oh, I got, wow. I have okay. pictures of his of his work there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he also painted a bunch of paintings for the tattoo shop. Nice. So anyway, the first visit, I got to meet him. And oh, I'm so grateful I did. Because like just a brilliant artist, right? Wow. And, um so he, but he's not around right now. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't been back for a while. I'm not sure what's going on for his story, but he's probably just out being an artist, doing what artists yeah, do. Living life. Yeah, exactly. Living life. Yeah. Um, 
So the mural is unfinished. So I'm kind of like hoping that I can cosmically call him back to finish the mural because it's beautiful, right? Like, and yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think they want anyone else to finish it, you know, because that's going to be hard. Maybe he's waiting till they get it finished and Quite then, possible, you know, yeah. maybe he's coming back or something. Yeah. Then. Yeah. I, I hope so. That would be cool. That would be really cool. That'd be neat if that was the last thing to finish up and he finished it. Oh. And- like that, that would be fantastic yeah. yeah that'd be awesome or he makes another mural on like the roof or something yeah, like yeah. that like because he's just a brilliant painter right and yeah um there's i have pictures i'll show you afterwards of uh, he painted uh oh god what's her name oh geez i'll we'll look at him after <laughs> you can edit this part out if you want <laughs> please do um so yeah so anyway i um, i got to meet him the first time so this time i, I was they had changed the the meeting room to, they made his mural now the front of the meeting room where it used to be oh, okay. uh, the wall they took down. So they took yeah. that wall out and now they have, they moved all the, like the podium and all their stuff for the meeting, like the chairs table and the person who chairs the meeting has like a little table. Okay. And then there's a podium where you stand to share. Yeah. Um, and so all that's now up against the mural and it nice. looks amazing because these all, they've also got on the mural. He painted uh, Bill and Bill W and Bob. Dr. Bob from, oh, okay. uh, from AA. Yeah, yeah. So there's this all this stuff that connects this remote treatments like recovery center to like the old school AA stuff. Right? Nice. Um, and some of it, yeah, it's really cool. And yeah. what's even cooler is when talking to Raph, he talks kind of like an old AA, right? Oh, like, really? and, uh And I mean, I'm not going to say what member he's a group of. Yeah. But like, seriously, it's just, it's pretty amazing when you can go out to... El Colorado, I think it's called, the area, about 25 minutes inland from Puerto Vallarta, past the prison. Oh, okay. Right? And that prison is like a daunting reminder to some <laughs> most of the guys there oh. of like what the life is like, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really interesting to have to have to drive past the prison back and forth. Back. And yeah, forth, yeah. Remember right? where remind remember you where, where you, you could end from, up. Right? Yeah. Right? Remember where you came from. Yeah, yeah. Remember where you can still go. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's just, I found it fascinating because I tell wow. you what, I've never been to prison and driving back and forth past the prison. I don't want to go to prison. <laughs> it's a very scary place, man. Yeah. And I mean, all the guests yeah. we've had on that have been, yeah, yeah. have told us the very same thing. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. That it's just such a scary place. I just want to be clear. I've never been to prison either. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, don't want to go. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> Me neither. Especially though, a Mexican prison. I really would not do well there. Even though that was almost where I found myself down there. But uh, that's, <laughs> that's a story a, for another time. Exactly. <laughs> so um, is, do you think you're going to maybe go back down in two years or maybe a year or like make this almost an annual thing? Mm. Or like what do you think for the future for you with this? Yeah. So, well, I'm going to try to stay connected throughout the year mm-hmm. with with them. And like whatever yeah, social money, media and stuff. Well, you know what the cool thing is, man? So between you and me and everybody who's listening, which is like our family. Yeah. So between <laughs> you, me, and our families, um, like the, the most money I raised was from the Celebrate Life Recovery service. Oh, okay. Those people gave all kinds of money. And you know when they gave it? The last night. Oh, my wow. dad said, just so you guys know, Dave's heading out on Tuesday for this yeah. this mission thing. And he goes, I'm telling you because I know he won't because he'll, he'll just try to get the money in private and take it. And yeah. um, which is true because I wasn't going to mention anything. <laughs> so when he mentioned at the service, I was kind of like blown away, a little bit embarrassed. But you know what I'm blown away by? I'm not embarrassed. I'm blown away by the generosity yeah. of those individuals, man. You know, so and between them and my family, some family members of mine. 
we were able to raise $500 cash nice for them. 500 yeah. Canadian dollars is over, like, I think it's over a thousand pesos. So wow. that goes a long ways down there, mm-hmm. right? Uh, 500, 5,000. It's 5,000, I think. Yeah. I can't quite remember. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, please don't kill me on the conversion of pesos <laughs> to Canadian dollars. I'm not sure. It's going to be 500 Canadian dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I know is a lot of money. For sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, if, are people able to like e-transfer to him down, down the road? Or do you know if he. Yeah. You know what? We're going to, uh, on this, on this link for this uh, podcast, yeah. we'll, we'll attach the, we'll attach the email address. That oh, we can okay. send it to. Okay. Um, because it's not going to come through me or anyone like that mm-hmm. if you don't want it to. Okay. If you want to email e-transfer to me, that's fine. I can then e-transfer it to them. Yeah. Whatever you think but, is best. Yeah. Transparency wise. Yeah. Exactly. The money goes to him. The money goes to him. So even if you email it to me and you want me to like make sure it gets to the right place, because I understand. I don't trust internet stuff either. So um, <laughs> not 100%. <laughs> So I get that, but you don't have to is my point. If you want to just do it directly, you just have to make sure when you send it to the email address that you mark it for um, Recovery Center, okay, RAF's Recovery Center. So that's R-A-F apostrophe S, right? Um, So outside of that though, yeah, it was, it's pretty cool. Right on. So um, like you were down there for seven days? 10 days. 10 days. And so in that 10 days, like, did you, like, I guess, what did you, what were you doing there other than snapping pictures? Mm-hmm. And, and That's what I did. Yeah. That's it. I snapped pictures. I, I mean, I only got one full day out there, right? One full evening. Oh, I suppose, yeah. So, but the rest of the time I was able to talk to, and it worked out way better than I could have planned it, right? Yeah. Which is usually how things go. <laughs> <laughs> when Dave plans it, it's going to work out better than that if he gets out of the way. <laughs> so, because what happened was I got to see how the work at the at the recovery center is impacted by the work at the tattoo shop and vice oh, okay. versa, right? So yeah. I was able to hang around the tattoo shop a little bit because I know the guys come in there to talk to Raf throughout the day, oh, okay. right? Because he's there. Yep. And, and not to mention that, but so one, one day I'm in the tattoo shop. So they've created this environment there in this tattoo shop that's welcoming to people, right? Mm-hmm. So like earlier when we were talking about you know, people mentioning, well, why would you keep working with that person? Yeah, yeah. That's a safe place for that person to come, yeah. is to come in there and talk to Raf. Yeah. And so, I mean, I was witness to at least four or five people over the course of like three days where I was really paying attention and there for that purpose, yeah. um, coming in and getting some guidance. Wow. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, this environment, and it has to do with Raf, Karen, because Raf and Karen own it, right? Mm-hmm. And Karen's his partner. Um, Judith, who's the manager of the shop, mm-hmm. and and she's amazing, wow. right? Like, if I had had like the inclination, I would have set up a podcast with her. Yeah, yeah. Just because she has been through some shit, <laughs> and she speaks like three or four languages, right? Wow. Yeah. So she's quite an impressive human too. Yeah. Um, but they have they have created this environment in the shop that is just as welcoming as the recovery center. Oh, that's wonderful. Which is really wonderful, man. Yeah. Right. And um, it's just very cool to see how like even the art, the tattoo artists, while I was getting my work done, they were coming over and saying, oh, man, like I need to get my fingers done now. <laughs> like I need to get my hands done. Right. And yeah, um, just just because we're, we're then we're talking about like God and just in terms of God, like the universal intelligence God. Right. Like For we're sure. talking about this non-denominational God um, and 
it's just how it impacts more than just me and Raf, but there's like other artists who aren't addicts and aren't involved in recovery, but they're still yeah. following the same path. Oh, right? that's cool. The path to try to get better. Yeah. You know? Um, so one day I'm there and it's just me, Judith and, or sorry, Judith, one of the tattoo artists and I, let me just go back to my old English classes. Yeah. <laughs> You're always the I. So anyway, <laughs> them and I, we're just sitting there talking, bullshitting. And one of the guys from the group comes in. I won't say his name, but he comes into the shop and he is like ecstatic about something. Right. Right. So I'm just like, and I don't have a clue what they're talking about. Yeah, so it just I'm, sounds very excited. They sound, they're very excited. They're very happy. Like there's like yeah. this joy coming back and forth. And he is alive. Like he is, he is like lit up like a Christmas tree. Wow. And I just met him a couple nights before at the yeah. center. So, um, we, he's alive and I'm like, I'm on my phone because of course I, I don't know what's going on. So I'm just on Wi-Fi, like yeah, surfing yeah. the net, like yeah. looking up cat videos and <laughs> other stuff that I do on the net. And, um, then he, he kind of goes to the, he goes away for a minute into the washroom, I think. And Judas says, do you want to know what that's about? And I'm like, are you kidding? You guys sound like ridiculous children. Of course I want to know what that's about, <laughs> right? Like you guys are so giddy. And she goes, his family thought he was dead and he found his wow. brother on Facebook. Right? Really? So, yeah. So he found his brother, which lots of us find people that we need to yeah, yeah. through Facebook. This is, this is why I have, even though there's so many things about social media that I absolutely detest. Yeah. I just don't activate those parts of it for me. Wow. Cause the reason I have it is for re this reason. Exactly. Absolutely. Right. So that if there's someone that I can connect to or needs to connect with me, it's available. Right. So anyway, long story short, over the next couple of days, right? So they yeah. reconnect. Now the brother knows this guy's not dead, right? That's like, amazing. Isn't that amazing, dude? Yeah. Like, and of course, like, that just blows me away. Yeah. So they gave him the number his, to contact the brother. If he was so inclined, they weren't pushy or anything mm -hmm. like that. They just said, look, he's here. He's, he knows that you have his number. If you want to reach out within like minutes, right? Like the guy's like calling him. Oh, really? Yeah. So I didn't hear that part till like the day I was leaving. Um, leaving Mexico, but it's like so cool because now they're going to have time together. Absolutely. Yeah. Like they wow. actually planned it. So like the whole family, Jeez. yeah, the brother told the whole family. So they're all going to meet up. Somewhere. Can you imagine though thinking somebody you loved is dead and then finding out, no, they're, they're very much alive. Like yeah, man. that's like stuff movies are made out of. I know. Like that's crazy. They make movies about that shit. Yeah. Like literally, yeah. Yeah, like finding your long lost family. Wow, right? man. And and so this but that's not just by accident. Yeah. People, you know, so whatever people are thinking, that's fine. But I can tell you I've been in many tattoo shops in my time, and that is not the same vibe that I've ever felt in a tattoo shop. That's so right? cool. That vibe of you can come here for some safe harbor. Right? Yeah. You can't, you know, don't bring your bullshit behavior here. Yeah, yeah. But you can come here if you want safety. Yeah. Right? If you want some compassion. So between whether anyone there is equipped to help anyone, and I use quotation marks, <laughs> I realize we're not on video, um, but, you know, equipped to help someone. The truth is we're all equipped to help someone. Absolutely. And that's like, that's really what the trip kind of, I guess, reinforced for me in a bit, uh, you know, in a way was everybody's capable, man. Yeah. Right. Like we just have to, some cases we just have to pull our heads out of our asses and just do it. Right. Because we think someone else should do it. Yeah. You know, and don't get me wrong. I've thought that 
Oh yeah, we've I all done that. I still think that, right? Yeah. Every once in a while, I'm like, that's yeah. not my job. Yeah, yeah. But then, of course, I have to slap myself and say, wait a minute, can I do it? Yeah. And if I can, well, then it's my job, right? If yeah, I can yeah. do something, then I need to fucking do it. For sure. Right? Especially if it has like a potential outcome of someone else's life, mm-hmm. right? Like then I better get activated in that to some well, extent. Well, it speaks volumes, I think, to just the human condition. Like mm-hmm. you know how to help people. You just do. Mm-hmm. And I think the vast majority of people really do know if they listen to that side of their brain. Yeah. They would know how to help people. Totally. You know, and, and I think that's amazing. Like, yeah, it's totally amazing, man. Like, it's a it's a total, um, it's a mind, mm-hmm. you know what? And it turns it turns things upside down a bit for a bit once people realize that if you really want to help someone, just be the person that you needed. Be the person oh, that you yeah. needed for others. Because if you can be the person that you needed for others, you're going to do a good thing. Yeah. Guaranteed. Wow. I guarantee it, right? Yeah, that's a great way to put that. I, I mean, that's I've been th- I've been thinking about that that the whole time, right? Where I'm like, this is because again, like I said, it reinforces the fact that we all have something to give, right? Yes. No matter how little we think it might be. Yeah. And that's exactly what that thing is. Yeah. We have the ability to give somebody what we thought we needed. Well, and I think it's important too, like we're in a kind of in a society or or whatever right now where it's like people really are undervalued mm-hmm. and you know, their, their skills or their, their abilities are overlooked yeah. because they don't have a master's degree or they don't have a PhD yeah. or they didn't go to the right university mm-hmm. even, or, you know, like stuff like that. And it's like, no man, we're human beings. Yeah. And we actually all have something to contribute in a yeah. positive way. Big time. Yeah. And nowadays we can learn whatever the heck we want. Yeah. We don't have to pay to learn it. Right. Like we can yeah. learn it. Um, I mean, by pay, I mean hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? I mean, we can learn similar stuff. Are we going to get the other extra stuff with it? Maybe not, Yeah. right? Well, we're not going to get the piece of paper, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Right? But that doesn't mean we can't help. For sure, yeah. I'm not telling you to go out and like pick up strangers in your car. Like, don't do shit like that. (laughs) Yeah, don't do something dangerous. But so, but that's that's it. You just do something within your abilities. Absolutely. Whatever those abilities are, right? Yeah, well, and I think you gotta you gotta find like you know obviously you help out with people with addictions and he does and mm-hmm. but that's that's where you can help out. That's sure, your exactly you know your expertise from a lived experience plus an educational, but mm-hmm. that's your expertise, right? We all have some expertise in something. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Hence why, like when I'm there by myself trying to do a podcast, I'm not able to function. <laughs> but but no, you laugh because you probably <laughs> undervalue your skills. As a producer of these kinds of things. Probably, yeah. For sure you do, because I yeah. undervalue my own, right? Yeah, yeah. But the truth is, dude, it's true. Yeah. With you here, look at how we're talking. Yeah, yeah. Right? And what did I say beforehand? I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> right? So you do bring many things, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Matt. So I hope you don't undervalue that. Well, thanks. I appreciate yeah, it. My, my ego won't let me uh, That's okay. get it, too overwhelmed. But, I don't uh, mind. <laughs> I have the same issues, so I don't mind. You just have to take it with little bits at a time. Yeah, right? that's right. Totally. Got to stay humble, though. Still. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> I'm not blowing smoke up your skirt, though, man. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the, like, what is, uh, what's, I guess, other than the apartments, is there a major thing that he's, he that is kind of is like the one last major thing, or is there a few uh, more? There's a few more, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's quite a bit. There's going to have to be, like, at some point, so, like, Heather and I are planning on going back November of 2020, I think it is. Oh, okay. So, and, and we're so hoping. a year and a half. Yeah, about a year and a half. 
yeah. the reason we're open to go then, when home, I'm giving you enough time to think about it, <laughs> and Michelle too. Yeah. Okay, so, but if we can go down there, we might be able to coincide it with not only his tattoo expo, because Raf hosts a tattoo expo now. Part what of does that this guy money. not do? I know. <laughs> but he's he's like he's like lots of us in recovery who have so much energy to give yeah. that we just find places we can give it. Wow. Right? He's a busy guy. Dude, he's a really busy guy, man. Wow. Um and you know, and is he's got a incredible family. So yeah. uh, so yeah. you're going down in November. 20, so, 2020, yeah. yeah. That's to, our plan. To coincide with his tattoo expo. Well, we're hoping to coincide it because I know Heather wants to do some stuff while we're down there as well. Yeah. But I'll let her tell that story because yeah. that's hers. Um, but uh, yeah, we're planning on that time frame okay. so that we can go down and, and again, have like half vacation, half work, whatever. 25% yeah, yeah. work, mostly vacation. <laughs> I don't care. But we're going to try to go back. And by then, um, I'm not going to stop um, gathering resources for it like throughout mm-hmm. the next year and a half that's yeah, not yeah. going to stop yeah so because i still i still hope to contribute with to him for because, sure because i just think what little we can give will go so far yeah right yeah. and it's not that it's not that my charity doesn't need money man it's yeah. not what it's about yeah, yeah it's about that i don't want to ever get into a position where um <laughs> where what i think i might need gets in the way of what other people actually need yeah, yeah. right and so what we i just want to keep doing that well, we have such a different structure up here too. Like we yeah. have lots of government grants. We yeah. have, and not that you get them all, but there's opportunities there. And I don't, yep. from my conversation with them before, there's, you don't get that down there. Like you don't have a lot of opportunity yeah. unless you want to like really. And so I think the, one of the things I gathered from what he had said, and it's, I think part of it's on the podcast, but one of the things is government interference down there means a whole lot different than up here. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's a whole lot different. I bet. Right? So like when he started, this was something I didn't know. When he started this out, the hospitals were wanting to send him people who were dying of alcoholism. Oh, wow. They wanted to send him um, basically men and women who were ready for hospice, right? Whether it was alcohol-related, drug-related, something like that. So he, I think he said he tried. He took a couple. But when they died, he realized, I can't do this. Like this is not my thing. Yeah, that's tough. Right? Dude, it's like... And the way he put it was, and it's so funny because we both said the same, said at the same time, I was like, dude, bring out your dad. Yeah. And that's exactly <laughs> what he said. He looked at me and he goes, bring out your dad. I'm like, I know. It's like they wanted you to be, have a little cart so yeah, you yeah. could go through Ring in the bell. And- Ring in the bell. <laughs> bring out your dad. Jesus. Yeah. And then you have the guy in the back. I'm not dead yet. Um, not my headache anymore. Now it's, now it's his right. problem. That's so. exactly it. So he said no. And then. Yeah. There's other reasons why, and, and and but most of it is there's a huge difference For between sure. their government and our government, right? Like yeah. when our government gives a grant, yes, we have reporting duties. Absolutely. Yeah. We have to give back, do exactly what we said we're going to do. Yeah. I have no problem with that. For sure. It's more when the government comes in and then starts twisting your gears and then mm. directing your building and then directing whatever else. Yeah. That becomes a, a bigger problem. Yeah, just taking over, basically. Basically taking over yeah. and then making it impossible for you to operate yeah. without them. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So does do a lot of people in the community know about this center now? By I'm, I'm sure by this time they must. They do, yeah. Lots of people do. <clears throat> yeah. Does he get much local support? I'm pro- I know they probably don't have tons of money to he give. He gets but some. Yeah. yeah, for sure. He gets some. Yeah. And he's like, he's connected like in the business community there too, right? Because of his shop oh, okay. and- Yeah, yeah. And- um, and because of the work he does. So yeah. 
there's lots of people that don't go to the center that know who he is and what he does for sure. Yeah. Right. And which is really good because he's doing some good shit. Right. So like, is it, is it as common down there recovery, like meetings and, and obviously centers, maybe not, but like meetings and stuff like that. Is it as common as it up here? There's yeah, there's quite a lot of meetings. There um, is. A- I'm not sure what the number of like, regular meetings are in that city. Yeah. We could look that up easy. Yeah, enough, but, I'm sure there's stats, um, but. But it's, yeah, he said it's pretty common for meetings. There's lots of meetings oh, okay. around town. Um, and so one of the, the places I go to when I'm there, and this time I spent quite a bit of time around there, was the Alano Club because they have meetings all day, right? Oh, okay. And they're English speaking. Oh, so okay, yeah, yeah. We used to, that's what meetings used to be housed in quite a bit were Alano Clubs around the ones here in town closed down because I think the Alano Clubs closed down. Yeah, I've never heard of them, so yeah, they yeah, must have. <laughs> I think they closed down, so now we're mostly in community centers and churches here. But yeah. This Alano Club, so this Alano Club has a special meaning, like for me. Um, so every time I go back down there now, that's a part of where I go, and yeah. because I gain a lot of strength from that place for sure. Yeah, you know, because um, not only was it like one of my old timers who passed away, he was like a good friend, Ken, and he yeah. passed away from cancer a couple of years ago. Yeah, I actually did his funeral too. It was a really hard one. Wow. Um, but I, him and I were like, we were so, he was like over 70, right? Mm-hmm. But he had like something like 40 years or something like that. And so he, whenever wow. we would bump into each other, we always were wearing the same shit. It was so funny. <laughs> the one, the only one time that we bumped into each other and we were wearing the same thing at the same time was yeah. with his wife. And she was like, <laughs> It was the first time she'd seen it today, and she's looking at both of us, and I'm like, I know, I know, we do it all the time. We we don't talk, we just end up bumping yeah, into yeah, each yeah. other, and we're both wearing sandals, a button-up shirt, <laughs> usually the same color, and shorts the same color. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude, it's weird. Um, but his uh, he told me about the Alano Club. So, oh, okay. And he said, man, whenever you get there, you just got to check out the Alano Club. And yeah, I was yeah. like, all right, I'll do it, because yeah. I trust that guy, and he was really calm and yeah. even-keeled, and... And so I did. I went in there, and and then the the year after that I went there, is with the year after, yeah, it's about the year after, maybe two, and then he passed away. Mm. And so then when Heather and I went back down there, we were going to, um, I, I meant to, I think we did. We put up a, oh God, what was it? Never mind. We were going to put up a plaque, but we ran out of time. We put up a plaque for my friend Tara, who died, mm. who was like thirty two and died, right? Yeah. And so I'm in, I walk into the Alano club this time and I see, I don't see anything at first cause I'm sweating like a dog. <laughs> like, I'm, well, dogs don't sweat, but I'm sweating like, um, well, I'm sweating like I sweat when it's really hot, <laughs> which is a lot. Yeah. So by the time I got from the apartment to the Alano club, my shirt is drenched. Yeah, like yeah. there's not a dry part of my shirt. Right. Um, I'm just look like I'm probably going to die. People are probably like, Oh my God, that guy's going to die. <laughs> He's got to be close to death. He's having a heart attack. But I feel great, right? I love yeah, sweating. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I go in and I'm not, I'm just, all I'm thinking about is filling up my water bottle. Yeah. And then I turn around and then I see Ken's little funeral memorial card oh. posted up on the wall because his wife went there and posted it up on the wall. Oh, and, wow. And so, of course, I'm like, oh, it, like, it makes me relax a level. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, this is my home. This is part of my home. And then, like, I'm not paying attention. I'm a little agitated because I had been jacked up by the cops. So I'm going to leave it at that. I was jacked up by the cops for no reason. I know you're saying no reason. I'm like, really, no reason. <laughs> um, 
The only place I'd actually even have reason for it is here, and I don't get jacked up. <laughs> it's because we have professional policemen yeah, yeah. and women, right? We have professionals. They do not. Yeah. Um, so there's a big difference between the municipal police there and ours. Oh, for sure, yeah. So anyway, I am a little distracted. I'm in this. I'm sweating. I'm hot. I'm bothered. Yeah. Um, and... I sit through an NA meeting, which I haven't sat through one in a while. Right. But they were so nice. Like, and I forgot that about NA, man. Like, there's this, and it's, I forgot because I don't go very much anymore, is that they are so welcoming, man. I am telling you, I I was covered in sweat, as I said. Yeah. Each one of them hugged me. Wow. Each, and I told them, I said, dude, I'm so soaking wet with sweat. And they're like, we don't care, dude. We used to, do drugs off of the pavement like and i'm like oh yeah that's right <laughs> never mind give me yeah. a hug so they like totally it, it had this like but it reconnected me this trip reconnected me with recovery in general right with a lot of different nice. aspects yeah and so after the na meeting the na the aa meeting was about 30 minutes after that one ended so i had yeah. 30 minutes to go get a coffee get some water some more water um and as i'm walking out to go get a coffee from the oxo I like look up and there's the terrace plaque. Oh, wow. And then I'm like, oh, I start crying. So I have to walk faster to Oxo because I don't <laughs> want anyone to see me crying. <laughs> but I look up there and I see your name on the plaque and I'm like, yeah. okay, I just got to relax. I just yeah. got to relax. Yeah, the cops, they almost got you, but they didn't. Like, yeah. you just got to chill. And by almost got me, I mean they almost robbed me. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. I didn't have nothing, obviously. And I made them search me. And I almost asked them if they wanted to give me a uh, cavity search. <laughs> but I thought maybe they wouldn't laugh. Yeah. And they'd put their finger. They might not, yeah. And if they put their finger in my butt, well, I'm going to enjoy that. So <laughs> um, so anyway, that this whole trip was about, like, I think part of it was reconnecting with that, like, all the different aspects of recovery, mm-hmm. right? Which is, there's so many different ones. Yeah. Right? And even though it also did highlight some of the issues that you've heard about over the last Mm-hmm. however many months we've been doing this yeah yeah. because there are there's lots of issues that come along with those meeting spaces right absolutely like, yeah and but most of the issues are all personality shit yeah right when we get down to it that's what it all was about personality yeah, yeah. So. yeah and we're not always going to get along with everybody Dude, right very rarely especially when you put yeah. a bunch of us sick fucks in a room together like yeah what are the chances man yeah like, yeah if we can do it for for an hour that's pretty mm-hmm. good wow yeah well that's pretty that's really cool that it gave you I guess some inspiration and, and oh my god, yeah, know, reminded you. I guess so what's really things. important, mm-hmm. right? That's what it was. It was what's really important about like wow. being sober or yeah. like you know different things. Like, well, yeah, yeah of course, being sober is what's important. Yeah, right? yeah. And when when I got to on one of the days um, after a meeting, I, I left the meeting and went for breakfast. I, I found this really nice place across the street from the meeting place that family owned the mom was the cook in the kitchen like mm. the daughters were the waitresses like yeah yeah and they're all super nice super sweet right on right? so and then a couple of the guys from one of the meetings came over to sit down and you know it reminded me of when i was early in recovery yeah. and we used to do that all the time after meetings. nice we'd go for coffees with like four or five of us yeah, yeah. and i know people still do that now but you know, like with my schedule, I just don't have that kind of time. For sure. So it was really, and I, I mean, sometimes I make time depending on what's happening for people, but um, it was really nice just to be able to enjoy that with guys that we talk about the same stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And we're all trying to get better. and Yeah. yeah. So I, it was nice to be reminded of that. Well, it's funny because I think when you think, you, you mentioned you know, 25% work and vacation, mm-hmm. 
But really, that's really the value. Like sitting on a beach in the sun is some people really like I, that. I did a couple days of that. Yeah. Yeah. But really, that's like that's what recharges you is that connecting with people, but in a, but yeah. you know, like that's that's awesome in a very like relaxed, non therapeutic yeah. sense, right? Kind of like we do the podcast. It's like yeah. very relaxed, very non therapeutic. We're just trying to like share. Yeah. Right. But afterwards, you feel like, oh, well, now I'm. Jacked. I'm getting my energy back for totally. this again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had breakfast that day with these guys, and and then afterwards, I was just like pumped. I walked yeah. like a. I think that was the day I probably walked thirty five thousand steps. Wow. Yeah, I, it ended up walking like over two hundred and seventy five thousand steps. Wow. In ten days. Yeah. Holy. I know, dude. It was like, <laughs> um, but the, the walks were like meditative and contemplative. Like yeah. I, I just kind of. I didn't even use my headphones for most of them. I just kind of walked and like listened to the ocean, yeah. listened to the people. Like, um, yeah, it was just kind of a cool experience. Well, and I, th- I, w- I think you'd get to see part of, even if it's a huge tourist destination, mm-hmm. you're seeing parts that most tourists don't go to. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, like you're, yep. you're seeing the real yep. city. Oh, yeah. So to speak. So I am. Yeah. I always find that fascinating when I go to places. Way more so, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So what, just uh, to talk about that point before yeah. we move on, but like they, my friends live just in a normal neighborhood, yeah, like any other normal neighborhood, like we do. We, they yeah. don't live in the stampede grounds, right? Like <laughs> they just live there. So when I come out of their house to go for my morning walk, I turn right, and when I turn right, I see the drug dealers on the corner, and I don't, I don't really care. I don't yeah. care. Like I, I'd heard the stories about them, so yeah. I, I just knew they were there. Yeah. So, because I heard some stories, so I walk and I'm like, "Hey, good morning, guys!" And they're just like, <laughs> "Did you just say good morning?" <laughs> Even though only one of them spoke like a little bit of English, he but he was always so happy. He's like, "Good morning." <laughs> And I think at first they probably thought I was messing with them. Yeah, yeah. But then over the course of the ten days, I did it every day. Wow. And and by the time we were, uh, by the time I was like there, two days left or something like that. Yeah. Karen and I and Sophia, their daughter. Oh, she's an amazing kid. Yeah. Um, we were leaving, and we come out the door, all three of us together, and I'm like, "Morning, guys!" And they're like, "Morning!" And she goes, "Do you say that to them every day?" And I'm like. Absolutely. <laughs> I even say goodnight to them when I come home oh, if they're wow. out there. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, now I'm going to have to say hello to the drug dealers. And I'm like, look, they're just making money, man. Yeah. They're making a living. And she goes, yeah, but they're cartel. I'm like, well, who else are they going to work for? Yeah. There's not like there's a, a an open market down here in Mexico for drug kingpins. Like, exactly. Yeah, there's yeah. the cartel and there's the cartel. Yeah. That's what they have. Absolutely. So I was like, look, I just learned that through the course of my life and the experience of recovery that, you know, everyone's got to make a living. For now, sure. They just may not be at a place yet where they can make it a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Do I appreciate the fact that they're contributing to the cartel? No, I don't. I know cartels are bad. I know that. Yeah, yeah. But these are not bad kids. These are kids. These guys are like 17, 18 years old. These guys yeah. aren't drug kingpins. These are kids who are, yeah, getting exploited by the cartel. Yeah. So if anything, I should be kind to them. They're being exploited. Yeah, for sure. Do you think it's, can they quit? No. No. Well, and, and from what I understand, like they recruit them at a very young age. Yeah. And they have like, listen to that podcast and they were talking about, uh, they have like summer camps mm-hmm. where they train these kids from like seven and up. That's what I hear too. So I'm like, yeah. you, you can't really, it's like blaming child soldiers. 
Yeah, you, you, know, you gotta blame crazy. the system that creates exactly. child soldiers, not the exactly. child. You can't blame the child for that shit. Yeah. Any more than we blame those kids. And I and Karen was just busting my balls anyway. <laughs> she was just trying to make Stupid fun of me because I would say, I know, because I literally said hi to everybody as we were walking. <laughs> and she's like, so do you say hi to everybody? I'm like, yeah, seriously, just <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> See, now you gotta have them come up here and. Yeah. <laughs> See, well, like, Karen okay. knows what it's like here. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. right? She lived but, here. But, but she hasn't lived here for a long time. So yeah, she, yeah. it's kind of like a, an eye opener for her, yeah. hey? Because I'm like, hey, how you doing? Even though I forget they don't speak English, right? Like, I'm oh, like yeah. hey, how you doing? They're like, <laughs> blank stares, like crickets. <laughs> Who's this weird guy talking totally. to me? Yeah, yeah. So is there anything else you want to tell us about or talk about? or? Oh, I mean, it's probably like a whirlwind trip, but. It was kind of a whirlwind with that stuff, man. I think probably yeah. the, the most important stuff is just that, you know, about being able to help each other. I think that's sure. the most important thing, man. And yeah. and, and not judge each other, right? Like, like yeah. there's nothing for me to judge anyone about, yeah. you know? Like, even those cops who, like, jacked me up. Like, I have to be honest with you. There's a part of me that felt like it was karma, right? Because mm. when I was a transit constable, I would jack people up for whatever I could make up, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so... Part of me felt like that was karma coming back. Wow. Right? If you, because I, I know that there was probably times where I didn't have to write a ticket to somebody to get in their backpack, right? Like I didn't yeah. have to do that stuff. I did it. M- mind you, when I did it, Mexican police officers, 99.9% of the time I found drugs, <laughs> just so you know. Um, but they're probably so also know. young kids that. Again. They're just trying to pay bills and feed yeah. families, and so exactly. So part of my judgment, know. dude, was from here, right? Yeah, it was for knowing the officers that I know here, yeah. who are consummate professionals, to then being exposed to that. Yeah, it yeah. was like quite a like quite a brain juxtaposition, right? To be in because I kind of reminds you how good you have it here. Oh, dude, yeah. This is what we'll finish on. So, okay, because we'll finish on the fact that I came home. Yeah. So we flew home, and when I the first. Canadian customs guy I saw. Yeah. I said, would it be really weird if I hugged you? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, a little bit. He goes, was it that bad? I'm like, no, I just really appreciate you, man. I appreciate the country that we have. And he goes, that's fair. Yeah. But he didn't hug me. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought maybe he would, but he wasn't giving in. So. No, no, no. Oh, wow. Well, that's awesome, man. So, yeah, we'll try to attack on the audio yeah. that you got and- Cool. Go from there. That sounds really good, man. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So how did this start, man? Well, this started like um, probably 12 years ago when when I, me and my sponsor, we thought about having a, open a open, once I, we find out that we needed a place to have meetings to, to keep in rehab back then i didn't think that about you know always that it would be nice to run a, a rehab center in yeah. mexico and when i came over here uh, so much into you know like to the meetings and to trying to help go and and in as a way uh our group was was being big by padrino ray it was probably like 30 or 40 of us there was so so much um so much people went to one place that um, we, I asked them, in Mexico we have to ask permission to our sponsors to do something. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, <clears throat> I think it's, you know, to be able to, to have that blessing for your, 
to open up a rehab, I brought my my sponsor here, my my guide, my spiritual guide here, to see the place. And then when he said it was okay to do it, right away the next day, I told uh, I talked to Jose Luis and I talked to Jose about building. Just a, I just wanted like a little shack or something to to uh, just to have meetings and have a place to come in. And you know, I I never expected to have something so big, mm-hmm. but um, as as we we start being here and we start having more meetings and more meetings you know little by little you, you never know what you can do with with your life and it's a way of uh, every time I drive from Vallarta to, to here to El Colorado it's like a 40 minute drive so I'm always driving by myself and I'm I, it gives me time to think and to relax and to get away from the from work and from from everything else, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's how it started. Really, I just thought that um, I needed some place to to give something back to to rehab because I got so much help from from the people saved my life. So that's why. Yeah. I thought that would be something really good, but I never thought it would be so much work. Yeah. I thought that it would be something that we share the duties with my my four compañeros that we came here and we work as a as a group they we had a meeting and they they chose me as their spiritual guy and one of them is a treasurer and another one is a a secretary and so we have a you know we have members of our board and that's how we, we take decisions I don't take decisions on my on my own, but I really try to you know keep them and ask them what is best for the group and for the guys when they're ready to get back to the real world out there. Yeah, and there's like there's a like one of the guys that rode up on the motorcycle. I think he was staying here the first time I came. No, I, that's Jose, no, that's Jose Luis. That's the guy who who started uh, building the the house. Oh, okay. He's, He's been in the program for like 20, 20 years now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's, been, he's, he's a little older than me well, as far as the group. Mm. I've been here 16 years, so he's been yeah. here 20. Wow. So, yeah. He's, oh, so he was probably just here for the meeting then. Yes, he's last here. Time. For, yeah. Yeah. He was here for the meeting and he was here just to, because uh, we come three times a week to yeah. the meeting or twice a week. Yeah. And we come uh, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. We have a meeting. And that's when we, sometimes meetings can go longer, you know, Mm -hmm. meetings here can go up to 11 or gets late. Yeah. And there's somebody talking and sharing experiences. And it gets good. It gets good. We have a meal afterwards. We all share a meal and, you know, Mm -hmm. and we we can speak to our sponsors or, and that's when we have a time for ourselves. Yeah. It's an incredible process, like, to get, to get out here. First of all, right? Like to, and then to think about building some something outside of your home, right? So you have to drive that forty minutes every each way, yeah, right. Um, and I, I just think that what's happened to this building in the five years that I've seen it and been coming down here, right? Is it's a different building, yeah. Like it's changed so much, hey. Well, yeah. When you first came in, there was only the the bottom, the first, yeah. 
and then we just started building more and there's always more people sometimes yeah you know just trying to keep it in a way that if 30 to 40 50 people come in for help we can have mm-hmm. a place for them to stay yeah that's awesome man and uh you mentioned earlier before we started talking like sitting down to record you were talking about uh the reasons why you don't go to the government for money right and just the fact that you guys are doing this on your own is my point right um and i'm not sure like how to explain that to people back home well it's um when you to be able to to you know get the government involved instead of receiving i would have to pay a hundred thousand pesos to go into the government and have like a license to to have a building like this Mm -hmm. And to, and of course, they expect for you to have a doctor, to have a special food for, you know, like mm-hmm. they want to treat you as a, as an inmate, mm-hmm. you know, instead of uh, somebody who's on rehab. Yeah, I mean, we're our our rehab center is a twenty four hours group, which just means that this is uh, our doors are open to the to any anyone. Mm-hmm. But the same at the same time, if somebody wants to go, he can go. Yeah. As long as he's not in danger of his own life, right? If he's not uh, going through, because when you go to withdrawals and when you when you're in the first two or three days, there's the alcohol is so bad that it gives you hallucinations and you know mm-hmm. gives you really bad trips that you can uh, you can kill yourself. You know, yeah. you can drown and you can just think uh, you can see things that are not real. I mean. Alcohol gives you uh, all sorts of uh, sicknesses. And, oh, the D, yeah, the DTs are awful. Right? Yeah, like, the DTs are awful. brutal. So, for that fact, we keep the place open because we don't hold nobody hostage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no doors are open. If somebody wants to come in for a meeting, it's fine. Come in and he goes back to his place. Yeah. But if somebody wants to come in and be part of uh, and wants to rehab and wants to he has to follow certain uh, you know follow 12 steps and mm-hmm. traditions which means that we just like uh, double A but it's just still it's a little bit more complicated because this is a rehab center open 24 hours a day for anyone that means that if you bring your brother your sister your mom or any anyone can come in mm-hmm. and we'll stay here we'll, we'll receive uh you know, like more likely will be uh, sharing experiences plus a meal plus um, somebody to look after the person for the next 74 hours, 72 hours. And if it, if it, somebody, that person needs more, mm-hmm. you know, more time to somebody to be there with them 24 hours a day, which sometimes when you stop drinking, you know, there's uh, you need so much attention it's mm-hmm. incredible that you need somebody there at that point so that's why we'd rather keep it open to the public and going back to your question was that for us to be able to pay a hundred thousand pesos and put in a to the government and then make it like uh, you know like the federal government would also be involved so we have to pay taxes for all the stuff. So that's why, you know, I don't know. I just never had the experience. I mean, yeah. this is the way I 
you know, uh, this is the way I came in. And they mm. opened, when I came to to the group uh, 16 years ago, this is this is how they accept. You know, they just open up their doors for me. Yeah. And this is the way they were running their 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 group. Mm. I mean, 24 hours groups in Mexico. They were founded um, in Mexico City, uh, like. 40, 42 years ago, mm-hmm. and there's like a big movement, international movement of 24 hours. That were that's where we came out. Our sponsor came out from from that movement, yeah. and then he opened up the Jesus M uh, current, which means corriente. That's what he opened up here, and that's why this group is part of a, a current. For more groups, which is the main the main one, mm-hmm. and there's another one in um, Central Central Vallarta, another one in Guadalajara, Jalisco. So there's you know there there's more groups opening up from these ones because mm-hmm. there's there's also guys uh, more there's more people out there that want to help give back what they what they got and what we got is so bright we got peace in our minds and you know yeah. there's no price to that. No, there ain't no way we, I can pay with money what these guys are doing for me, saving yeah. my life. And vice versa, though, right? Like that's yeah. that's what's impre- always impressed me about the AA was the fact that it's just it's just normal people, right? Yeah. Just normal people like you and me trying to do better, you know, yeah. and to give to other people, to give back what we were given so freely, right? Like, yeah. and uh, I, I have a lot of respect for you, Matt. A lot of respect for what you're doing out here, um, but in general right like it it's not an easy road but you've chosen probably probably the easiest way which is do for others right yep. when i started doing things for other people you know service in the group there's always um you know from cleaning from doing dishes from doing the the din, the, the food uh, you know or there's always something to do here mm-hmm. um you forget about yourself. If I have problems, I come to group, and I start talking to these guys. I forget about my problems. Mm-hmm. I get, I get, I don't have no headaches. I don't have. Ever since I came to group, I don't have any headaches. Yeah. I have never taken aspirin for you know, like, come on, you know, like, I let you know. I talk to to the guys here, and I feel more more comfortable. Yeah. No doubt, man. Isn't that the way it is, right? When we go and we work with others or just spend time in the fellowship, right? We get to have that peace of mind. This peace of mind. Yeah. But see, what your sponsor did for you is what you're now doing for others, right? Exactly. And that, to me, is the biggest positive of all of it, right? Is that what we do then helps other people do the same. Hopefully they see that they can do it, right? Because who knows where the next group will start, you know? Somewhere maybe more remote, right? That that doesn't have a lot of um, or any availability of meetings or stuff like that, right? And I just one of the things that really impresses me about this, though, every time I've come out here, man, the guys are working their asses off, yeah. right? Like they, I have yet to come here and find anybody just sitting down doing nothing. You don't see that. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't, man. Yeah, because I, I come in, like, the first time I came here was five years ago, and when we walked in, the guy was painting the mural yeah. still, right? He yeah. was working on that mural, and uh, the second time we came in, they were building something on the roof again, right? Yeah. Like, it's always, the guys are always working their tails off here, and I, I just, I think that benefits them. It keeps their mind 
occupied, mm. you know, we have a saying that says the, in the service of the group that that's where we find our happiness of living life. Yeah. We find happiness for to serve others. Yeah. We find that, uh, you know, happiness is not easy to come. It's, but then you start doing things for other people and then you feel so good. Yeah. And I think the one who gives feels better than the one who receives. Mm. Almost every time, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every time. I think you're right. That's yeah. I feel yeah. much better giving than taking. Yes. Well, today anyway, right? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the way it is. Yeah. It sure is, man. And the fact that you always get it back. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more you give, the more you get back. Yeah. Especially you know spiritual causes like this. Mm-hmm. That's the way it has worked for me. I never imagined that I would come from a we call it the um, from the streets, you know, mm-hmm. drinking booze and almost dying out there in the beaches. And with, I didn't have a cent to spend on my pocket. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now I have family. Now I have a now I have a nice tattoo shop, and I have nice people working with me. And I have a lot of people uh, around me, you know. And there's we just had a party last week, and it was an anniversary for mm-hmm. one of our groups. And there was like 50 people with their families and kids and running around. Oh, that's awesome. It was so much fun. Those two groups singing and dancing. And the mariachi, you know, yeah. this is Jalisco. This is the, the state where we get the whole world drunk, you know. For, <laughs> for, it's odd. It's odd that I would come to Jalisco and stop drinking. Mm. The thing that I just... <laughs> That's pretty funny. I can't get it out of my mind. Yeah. But yeah, anybody who comes to Jalisco, it's, they offered you in every corner in Puerto Vallarta, they offer you something to drink. Mm-hmm. We have tequila, we have tequila, and there's tequila all over the state. Mm-hmm. That's, it's tequila time in Jalisco. Yeah. It sure is, man. You can you can go anywhere and find a tequila shop. Yeah. Yeah. And distilleries too, right? Like yeah, the distilleries yeah. are downtown. Yeah, they said that. Well, before I came here to Puerto Vallarta, I said, oh, in, in Tequila Jalisco, they have the distilleries. They have like a, like a river stream that there's alcohol going out. <laughs> so you take your bucket, take your bucket out there and just fill it up. Yeah. <laughs> As everybody's you got dream, buckets right? of tequila, right? Yeah. <clears throat> That's funny. That's, that was my dream. That's what I wanted to come over here to. <laughs> I didn't want to pay for my booze. I just mm-hmm. want to get it for free. So in the river, in the river of Jalisco tequila. <laughs> that's what. That's, that's awesome. what I was told. Yeah. So how did it? How did it happen? Like, how did you get sober here? Because I'm telling you, I was walking around yesterday thinking yeah. about would I be able to get sober here, and I thought probably not. Like it would have been hard for me, harder yeah. for me. Yeah, it's hard. I think uh, you know I had to go. I. I went to I went to jail so many times for mm. yeah for uh, either I was drunk or getting high on the street or with you know with marijuana alcohol and most of the time I was spending my my time in that little cell mm. so when I got everything caught up to me I, I guess I was already skinny I was already I didn't I didn't even know what to do with my life and I ended up in jail serving a three years. Uh, First, it was a nine-year sentence, and then the judge, um, you know, uh, 
put it to five years, mm-hmm. nine months. So I end up with a five year, nine month sentence for uh, I, I broke into one of those places. I needed money to get drunk and high. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I was just breaking and entering to the yeah. the hotels, and so they, by by this time they already knew me. They didn't know who I was. So I end up in jail, and that's how three years later, before I got out, uh, this group twenty the the Padrino Ray mm-hmm. and all these guys came to the group to give us meetings, mm-hmm. and we were in a process of they give uh, meetings at the jail at the jail yeah. So they started coming in, and I attended the first meeting with these guys. And I went really because they would give me coffee and cigarettes. Mm-hmm. That were, you know, I, so I, I just, plus, I, I was interested, you know. Yeah. I, I was already, without uh, doing any drugs for like four months, I think. So I go there to the meeting, and I hear the the guy who's sharing the experiences, and he made me cry. He made me go back to my uh, to my childhood when I was, you know, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. He was talking how he lived his life, and uh, and he was uh, he didn't have no dad or or mom. I had a mom, but no dad at the time, and so it was kind of reflection. I was reflection to to his sharing. So it, it was kind of a, it was kind of odd, and you know, like it got me sad thinking about how you know how my life was when I was a kid, uh, because at this moment when you stop drinking, you don't think about the happiness. You only think about those the sad, sorrow moments that you live, right? So my mind played so many tricks on me that he just made me, you know, and and at the same time he started saying jokes and you know funny mm-hmm. things. So he made me laugh, and he, you know, like somehow. Uh, uh, ever since, you know, I started going to the to the meetings. That was 16 years ago. Wow. And uh, and I, I've been here ever since. I've been here ever since. They, I got out of I got out from that prison four months later, and I went to I went to live in a in one of these rehab centers, 24 uh, hour group which it was La Granja at the moment. And then the main the main group also, I was there. So I've been in all the groups and, and here in Puerto Herta that there is from our, for our current. And, uh, and, and, you know, like it's, it's, it was, it was so much, so much relief to have people that comprehend and understand how you felt at the moment and guide you to the, to a better life. Yeah. It was so much relief. My mom came from, uh, my mom lives in LA. Oh, okay. So she came down two years later after I was in group and says, you know what, there's everything ready. We can go back home. All you got to do is just, you know, just go to your meetings and, and out there, uh, find a wife and marry, get married, get a job and everything will be fine. But um, I couldn't, I couldn't really, I had to tell my mom, I said, you know what, I found place where where I feel I feel nice so I gave up my family and I stayed here mm-hmm. because at the moment I needed to be here yeah you know I I never found this peace in my life and anywhere else I've been all wow. over the so that's why I stayed here I don't blame you that it's home right yeah this it's, is home yeah you found yeah. your home yeah <laughs> aren't you both boys 
Nope, maybe no, not. No. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, we're watching two dogs hump right now. <laughs> Darcy, Darcy will edit that out. Oh, is he? Yeah, he'll be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, somebody came over here and dropped some dogs over here, so. Yeah. I'm, now I have six dogs here in group. And, and what did you start her. with, one? Yeah, with one, with her, with the mom. The mom here? Yeah, no, she can't have any more kids. She's fixed. Oh. That's why she's so needy, eh? Yeah. She just wants to be a mom. Don't yeah. you, sweet pea? Yeah. Well, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with oh, us. Oh, I appreciate you coming down over here. Oh, know, man. Sure. I just, uh, hi, sweetie. Um, yeah, I can't say it enough, man. I appreciate you very much. I, uh. If I ever start a treatment center, I'm coming down to learn from you. There's no question about it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Anytime. Right on. Thank you. You're welcome. We would like to remind you that the opinions shared are those of the individuals and not representative of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other affiliation we may share with organizations or individuals. Thank you, Wild Rose United Church, for your open-hearted giving to the community at large in a multitude of ways. You have graciously provided space and love for us to work within, and we cannot thank the staff, volunteers, and members of the church enough for all that they do each and every day. Thank you again, Darcy Robinson. As usual, your work is incredible. Thanks for donating it to us. I am not here without each of our board of directors, Trent Baker, Todd Deer, Christine Pimiskern, Heather Morijo, Wayne Lurie, and John James. To all of the individuals who graciously donate their money and time to helping Freedom's Path become a society and now a charity, thank you. Who is Freedom's Path? We work directly with individuals and families struggling and suffering from, with addiction of all types, mental illness, codependency, and a multitude of difficulties humans bring forward as they attempt to make life-altering changes. If you are interested in attending our upcoming or future groups, being a guest on the podcast, or looking to make a donation or help in some other way, please contact us through our website, www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca, or find us on Facebook at Freedoms Path Recovery Society. If you are close to giving up, regardless of what your difficulty might be, please reach out to someone. You can always give up tomorrow, or maybe you won't have to. To anyone listening, imagine that your voice might be the only one someone hears inside their darkness. What is it you would like to say? As for me, I'm David Lurie, and I wish you all the best, wherever you are. Be safe and try to have some fun, because our time here is quite limited after all. <laughs>